read of the Word of God. Psalms chapter number 119 and verse number 97. We'll start reading here to get our context. The Word says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, though thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee the freewill offerings of my mouth. O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand. Yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. I'd like to focus in at verse number 105 there tonight. Familiar verse of scripture says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is a message that the Lord had given me a while back during some popcorn preaching. And the Lord has brought it back to my attention there tonight. Lord willing, with his help, I'd like to expand and think about all the things that he's got this there that he's shown me and in my own life and that he's taught me as I think about the phrase, are you walking in the dark? Let's pray. I'm most kind and gracious and dear Heavenly Father, the Lord, we thank you once again for the opportunity we had to be back gathered in your house here tonight. Father, I pray that you forgive us for times we have failed you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all the many blessings, dear Lord. We thank you for dying for us, for the salvation you've given to us. Father, I pray that you take the reading of your word here tonight. Lord, bless it and use it as you see fit. Lord, just take the reins of the service. Lord, let all things be done to glorify you. Hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, ask and pray. And Father, be careful to give you the praise and the glory and honor for all things. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated there tonight. Oh, well, some time ago, I had the opportunity to go out, and we went out for a time of fellowship or a time of camping that was out there. And we were able to go and do a little bit of hiking. And we ended up being a little bit longer on the pathway than we anticipated. Had some setbacks, and we ended up having to go back down the trail a little ways, and we ended up getting set up in camp, and it began to be dark at this point in time. We had just a little bit of fleeting daylight left. And it began to set up camp, and of course at that point we had to bring out the lights, and we had to start trying to do everything we could by, by light and trying to make sure we had our cover over, make sure we had all of our stuff out. And then by the time we got done and settled, it was definitely pitch black. Back up in the holler, back in the mountains, no night lights around. It was overcast. It was dark. But the only time I could think of it being darker was the time I was in a cave when I was small, and then turn the lights off, couldn't see your hand in front of your face. I still felt like I couldn't see my hand in front of my face here in the woods. Earlier, it was still light. One of my companions decided he was going to go out and he could hear the water. Just going to see how easy it was to access where it was at. And he said there was a trail that led right down to it. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go refill a little bit of my water. That way I won't have to worry about it in the morning. I should be able to just go get what I need. I can take my time a little bit easier in the morning and just crawl in my hammock that was there and I get a good night's rest. So I whipped out my handy headlamp there. 
turned it on to where I could see about as good as I could and began to put it on and then began the task of walking through the dark and watching my feet, watching where I was going and I was headed off in the general direction of where I could hear the water was rushing and thought, you know, I'm going to be able to see just what I need and as I was walking along, I could see the path. I was missing an obstacle here and there and then suddenly I realized that there wasn't much ground there in front of me anymore. It was gone. And I began to peer, began to look and realize it was a bank that was really steep. It's probably about 20 feet down to the edge of the water that was there. And I began to look at it, I thought, well, I'm not going to try that tonight. This little lot that I've got, I'm going to surely get hurt. I turned around and went back to it and thought, well, I'll just have to get up and do it in the morning. Morning came and the sun came up, still overcast, but definitely had enough light where we could go out and see. And as I began to walk along the same path that I took the night before, Using a little headlamp, I didn't see it, but I realized I'd walked right past the path on the left. They went right down gently to where the water was, not to the loud and rushing sound that I was following after, but went right down to the gentle pool that was there where you'd be able to fill up and get your water. See, the light that I had wasn't able to fully show the path that was laid before me. I was walking in the dark. Yeah, I had my own light, but the light didn't compare to the light that God had provided that day. It didn't delight that I was trying to use to light my way. I missed the path that had been there altogether. Many ways it's like that in our Christian life. We'll try to light our own path or sometimes we'll fumble around the dark. It'll miss the light of his S-O-N son that he has put there for us. This verse, Psalm 18, 105. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Got three points there tonight with a few different thoughts of what the Lord has given to us there. The first thing we look to look at tonight is how His Word lights your feet. When I was younger, when I was growing up especially, and matter of fact, until just recently, I always thought that these two phrases were talking about the same thing. A light of, you know, lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. It seems to be talking about the same thing, but there's actually a very distinct difference. Your feet, that's where you're standing right now. That path is what's out there in front of you that's going to be there. Two distinct separate things. First part here, it says that your feet is, of course, the first part of the phrase, it says your word is a lamp unto my feet. That is, he's going to illuminate where it's standing. His word's going to be able to show where we're at that's going to be there. If we're going to be able to stand in this life and stand in where God has intended us for need to be there, we need to be able to stand firmly planted and know the ground that you and I stand upon. Not wishy-washy, not on a shifting ground, but on the ground that is firmly planted upon the rock that is Christ, upon the rock that is His Word. The book of Ephesians chapter number 6, a familiar passage of Scripture, where it talks about the whole armor of God, even talks about standing during the certain days that are going to be, we, you and I would face. Verse 11 of that chapter says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked." And to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Thinking about standing against your adversary, standing against your opponent that's going to be there. 
there have to be able to be firmly and adequately equipped to be able to fight the Christian battle that's there before us. In order to do so, you have to stand upon good ground. It is said many times through history, especially, of course, nowadays if you look at warfare, look at the things that's taking place, it's very fluid, it's very dynamic. It didn't always used to be that way. Armies didn't have GPS and satellites and spy planes and everything to know where the other one was. It was oftentimes a game of cat and mouse. Such was the case during the American Civil War. Whenever it came a time that Lee decided it was time to go and begin to try to pierce into the Union and went north and went into Gettysburg, the Union Army also began to give chase but didn't know exactly where they were going to be. That was where scouts came in. They would go and have their cavalry to try to find one another. Eventually they found where one another was and the battle came to be joined around the area of Gettysburg. It is disputed, unknown for sure of exactly how it's happened. But the Union commander at that time, by the time he arrived and saw his generals who had gotten there with some of their forces beforehand, looked to his generals and said, Please tell me that we are on good ground. Because good ground was going to be critical to if they were going to be able to win or if they were going to be able to lose. Likewise, you and I, when it comes to this life, need to know what type of ground we're going to be sitting upon or what we're going to be standing upon. Whenever I was hiking and whenever I was going through that place that was there, that it had been raining, the ground was soft in some places. And I could have potentially have stayed there and tried to find a way that was down, but that would have been dangerous ground. A place where one misstep, I could have slid down. I could have gotten hurt. If I hadn't have been paying attention to the ground I was standing on, I could have gotten on a stump, could have fell over a stick. Many things could have happened because of not being on good, solid ground. If you and I are going to know to be able to stand, if we're going to be able to be firmly planted, we need to be anchored and know where we're standing. Anchored in Jesus. Anchored upon His Word that He has given to us. His lamp is going to be able to show us exactly where we're at. And if we're on that good ground or if we need to move that's there. Our feet, of course, being a place and representative of where we are in our current walk in this life. But I also notice one other thing about this verse, in this first part of the verse. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Next part, you notice it says light. There's a difference between the lamp and just the light. Now, if I was to take this, I know this isn't exactly a, a lamp by older standards, but it serves a pretty good purpose modern-wise. If I was to take this and take the batteries out, it wouldn't work quite as effectively now, would it? It wouldn't turn on at all. It would not give me any light. It would not give me any purpose. The lamp that is there would have been something that they would have taken and they would have filled with olive oil. And they would have lit it and it would have been able to give their light. Olive oil in the Bible is a picture and it is a type of the Holy Spirit. A type of having somebody who is going to be the guide. If you're a child of God and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, He's also the one who's going to be able to help you and guide you in addition to that light that's there. How does God communicate with us? By this right here. We're talking about those New Year's resolutions. Talking about the looking across the year that was back there beforehand. If we're going to be in the Word of God, we can know exactly what's going to lie before us. We know exactly what traps and snares that the, that the enemy is going to have that's going to be there. That lamp that's going to be kept burning by the oil of the Holy Spirit. Of course, think about, you can go up to the New Testament. I believe it's Matthew chapter 25. You'll find the parable of the ten virgins. Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. They were told they would need to be ready up against because the bridegroom was going to come. Can the midnight cry go out to meet the bridegroom? But you know, the five of us foolish said, you know, give us some of your oil. They weren't prepared, weren't ready. What did the five wise say? They said, no, this will be not enough for us. They trimmed their lamps and lit them 
And he went out to meet the bridegroom because they were prepared. They had the oil of the Holy Ghost, representing those that were going to be saved, representing those who had the Holy Ghost in their life. Likewise, if we're going to be able to be able to see our feet and know exactly what kind of ground we're upon, if we're going to be able to see, to navigate whatever is coming against us in this life, you and I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You and I need to be seeking out His will. You and I need to be in His word. You and I need to be in prayer to seek what God would have us to do. Nextly tonight we see His word lights your path. The second part of this verse, it says, Unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, we're already talking about the the distinction that's there, the feet being where you're currently standing and the path being what's out there before. It's very easy at times whenever you may go hiking on some trails, particularly in ones that have not been used very common, that it may look like you're on the trail only to find that you're not actually on the trail you thought you were on. Trail markers don't always stay where they need to be. Animals can take them down. People can take them down. That maybe it hasn't been maintained in a long time. I remember specifically one time I was out, me and one other person was out hiking and it was on a trail that wasn't used very often and we come around a corner, we're coming around the ridge and the trail just continued on to seem to be just fine. We walked a little ways and I got to notice and I thought, you know, I've not seen a trail marker in a while. No paint on a tree, no reflective marker, no nothing. I stopped for a second because I came around the next corner and realized the trail stopped. Then I had the realization that we had been following what appeared to be a deer trail for probably about a quarter mile or so. Looked at my companion and said, all right, we need to turn around and go back the exact same way we came. And as we went back through there, the, we come around that first bend and we looked and there the marker was on the back side of the tree where you couldn't see it from the other direction. But if we had turned around and looked, we would have saw it and realized that the trail then cut up the side of the mountain. Our lives are full of twists and turns. Things that may seem like that we need to go that route when a matter of fact, it's going in a place that we shouldn't be going there to begin with. How do you know? How do you know what's going to be ahead? <coughs> need to look and take the word of God with his Holy Spirit and look at the path that's going to be in front of us in that journey. Look at it through the lens that is the word of God. Look at it, what's going to be there, the direction that we are heading. Notice a few other things in this chapter. In the first, we read 97 through 104, one of the divisions of Psalms 119, which also talked about the law, which also talked about the word. This division that we're in here tonight with 105 through 112 also talking about the word. But notice a few things as we look through down some more of these verses. Verse number 107 says, I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Notice that the psalmist is saying he's afflicted every day. But what does he do? He prays the Lord to quicken him. That is, live in him. Give him some life. Give him the energy that he needs. What according to the word of the Lord. He's saying, give me life. Give me what I need from thy word so that I can keep going forth. I've got the enemy that's afflicting me. I've got things that's coming against me. There are times when you go out and maybe you're hiking or camping and depending on where you are, you could be in a wilderness area. You could be in an area, again, that's not traveled very often. Maybe it's an off time of year when not many people's coming by. You have to be prepared. You can't go out and just... Say, I'm going to go do this and not have everything that you need. Of course, you need to make sure you got the clothing you need. You got the gear that you need. You need to prepare for the weather that may come, not just the weather that is on the weather forecast. You need, there's all things you got to take into account and be prepared that's there. And you got to think about what's going to be taking place ahead. There are elements, weather elements that could change just at the drop of a hat. It may be fine and sunshine. Next thing you know, it could be 40 degrees and raining. A good friend of mine. It told me often about how that they went up, him and a large group, not people that were 
not accustomed to hiking or to backpacking. People that were veterans of hiking on the AT and going to different places. And they went to one of these trails and ended up getting off trail because a marker was gone, going back to our, one of our earlier illustrations. And he ended up coming out to the end of a trail and realized that they'd come out, to, if I remember correctly, to what was going to be a cliff face. There's nowhere to go. Left, right, forward. They would have to turn back and go back the way they came. The problem was at this point in time, this was just supposed to have been a day hike, was that most of the day was gone. They were already two to three hours down this trail, and it was going to be dark before they had the opportunity to get back out. Cutting a long story short, they ended up being out there longer anticipated. It was actually rained. A friend of mine actually ended up getting a little bit of hypothermia, and they ended up getting rescued out of there. Everybody turned out to be okay. But there are things in this life that can come and afflict you in your pathway there as well if you're not prepared and if you're caught off guard. Things is going to be afflicted. Where does he look for for his help? In this case, not always to his gear, not to what was there. The psalmist is looking to the Lord for his help, for that help at his present time of need, for someone who is going to help him in a time of his affliction. Also notice verse number 109. It says, My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. See two things here. The idea of a soul in the hand is in denoting that the psalmist was always in a period of danger, in a period in which there could be even death that was going to happen at any point in time. His soul was right there. It was close by. It seemed like it was something that could take place at any point in time. But yet, what did he do? What did he respond even when he realized that his soul and that his life could even be in danger? He even said, yet do I not forget thy law. Even when things get tough, even when things get scary, the psalmist still was going to remember the word of God that was there. was going to remember the light. was going to remember the solid precepts he was going to be able to stand upon. Verse 110, notice that it says, The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. There are those out there, the devil in particular and his minions, if you're going to try to serve God, you can rest assured that you're going to have a target on your back. You can rest assured that he's going to do what he can to try to trip you up, to try to beat you down, to try to get you discouraged. And there's going to be snares, there's going to be traps that's laying out there upon the path that was there. There was a story, one I'm sure out of many, I remember reading and hearing once when I was younger. Going back to the days of the Vietnam War, of course it was a time when danger could be all around and they never knew where the enemy was going to be. It was a t- he had to go through the thick jungles. But there were some unsung heroes, if you will, of that conflict that was responsible for saving many a person's life. There was many of a trained dog, many of them German shepherds, different ones that were trained to be able to sense things that the average person couldn't sense. They could sense when there was a booby trap. They could sense when the enemy was going to be near. Those dogs were trained, of course, and still used in the service to this day and age. It's still used for some of the same things to be able to detect those things and those hidden dangers that the men would not be able to detect themselves. See, the Holy Ghost is a lot of times like that trained dog that's there. God, through His Spirit, can, through His Word, can let you know of dangers upon your path. It's theirs that are there that you and I would not be able to see, that you and I wouldn't miss, that you and I would not be able to detect but he can let you know what's going to be there. Let you know what snare, what problem that you've got that's going to be along that path. And notice the psalmist says he is not erred from God's word despite those snares. Why? He's got a road map. He knows what's going to be there on the path ahead. He knows what he needs to look out there for. We don't know what's going to happen on this path of life. 
We don't know what challenges, what dangers are going to be there. But if we're going to be able to get through that path of light, we need the clear and present light of the Word of God that's going to be there. His Word lights our feet. His Word lights our path. But also notice His Word lights your soul. In the book of John, at chapter number 1, familiar passage of Scripture that's there as well. It said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and what was made by him, and the world knew him not. I've heard it said before that if you could take the Bible and turn it into a man, you would get the man Jesus. I heard it said before if you could take the man Jesus and turn him into a book, you would get the Bible that's going to be there. You know what? There's some Bible to back it up. It said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the true light. He is the word. He is the one, as the scripture says, that it was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That little light that I had that was able to pierce through a little bit of the darkness that can highlight a small area and a small little spot that was going to be there is nothing compared to the light that Christ himself shined in this world. We know that the darkness comprehended it not. It was not able to extinguish that light. Why? Because that light shined out began to illuminate all things. Nothing no more is going to be hid. Nothing no more is going to be draped, darkness draped upon mankind because the light, as we just celebrated, came to this earth, came to this earth as a baby, came to this earth as a man to endure the cross so that he could be the sacrifice for us. He's been there. He's done that. He knows exactly what you're going through, what you will be going through, and he's able to shine a light on your darkest situation that you may have. Also look at this passage of scripture in the book of 1 John, chapter number 1. So that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that we also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. We see that he is the light. John chapter 8, verse number 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. If we're going to be one of Christ, we can walk in the light that he's going to provide to us. We're not meant to walk in darkness. We're not meant to walk and potentially, you know, bump into things and trip on things in this life, fall into the snares, fall into the pits that have been laid out there for us. That's not what we're meant to do. We're meant to have the fellowship with Him. 
have his light upon us, have his light in our souls, and have a light that is able to pierce the darkest place that you ever may come across out there. His light will light your soul if you're a child of God. As we think about this and coming into a close there, we think about what year has been before, what year is coming ahead. We don't know what's going to be there. To us, it's shrouded in some darkness, isn't it? It's unknown. And if there's one thing that seems to get mankind more than anything, it's oftentimes the unknown. We begin to worry. We begin to fret. We know what's happened in the past, and some past experience may tell us some few things. We learn from mistakes. I'm thankful that God is a God of second chances. I'm thankful that He forgives us from our sins. I'm thankful that He provides a way of escape for whatever temptation and snare may come our way. But if we're going to be able to spot all those things and take advantage of the blessings He's got, we need to walk with the light. We need to walk in His Word. Walk with His Spirit in our lives. Not trying to do it with our own little lights. See, that night I was, I was trying to do it on my own. I was trying to find the way on my own. I could hear the water. I knew it was supposed to have been over there. I thought, you know, I can shine my light. I can find the path. I can find the way that I need. My little light was enough for me to see that there was danger ahead, that I could easily fall and I could get hurt. But I didn't find the way to what I needed that night either. Yeah, it saved me from danger, but I also missed out on something that night as well. Oftentimes we try to light our own path. We try to hold our own lamp to it. But you know that next morning when God sent his big light in the sky and began to take away all that darkness that was there, that darkness this thing couldn't even shine into, couldn't hold nothing to, couldn't even look through it. Everything became apparent then. And not only did I see where I needed to go, there was a path that was prepared for time. A path just like in this life, we may have something that seems like an obstacle in front of us. It's between us and what's set before us and what God has there. But God's got a plan every step of the way. God's got a path laid out for you. And He's got a plan for what He needs you to do. We just need to let Him show us the way. Not try to do it of our own selves. Not try to do it with our own light and with what we believe to be right. But listen to what He has prepared for us. And listen to the plan that He's got there. Let His light show the way. Let His word let his roadmap in life show us the path forward. Show us to the blessing that's had there. Not only is it going to keep us from danger, but he's also going to be able to give you blessings and things that you would have missed out otherwise. The book of Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 23. Gorse Proverbs being written by Solomon, the wisest man besides Christ that ever lived. What did he say? He said, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Solomon, the wisest man, that God had given the wisdom, and of course his wisdom, his wisdom was greatly known. The Queen of Sheba and others came to hear of his wisdom that was there. And all his wisdom, even he had to say, that it was his commandments, his law, his word, that was going to be lighting the way of the life, lighting what was going to be there before. Are we walking in the dark? Are we just fumbling around and missing what God has for us and falling down in our face and getting into trouble? Are we trying to see through the dark a little bit using our light? Or are we letting God truly direct our paths? Are we letting God's light, His lamp, His Holy Spirit, His Word guide us in the way that we should go? 
That's a question that only you and God can answer. And as we get ready to start into a new year and see what's ahead of us, see what's before us, God will show it to us in His time. Let's put our faith and our trust in Him. Let His S-O-N, Son, light your path. Let's not walk in the dark. Let's not do it of our own will. But let's let Him guide our path that's going to be there. Let's pray. Father, dear Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you've given to us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for second chances. Lord, we thank you that you forgive sin. Lord, we thank you that you are able to guide and direct our paths. Lord, forgive us for the times we have tried to do it on our own. Lord, forgive us for the times we have tried to go in our own light and tried to make our own way. Lord, forgive us for that, but also, Lord, light our paths going forward. Help us to trust fully in your word, Lord, in your spirit. And in your guidance that you would lay out the path that you've set before us. Lord, that you would order our steps. Lord, that you would direct us in the way that we need to go. Not only that we can avoid danger, but Lord, also that we can obtain the blessings that you would have us to have. Lord, give us a tenderness we need to discern thy will. But Lord, also give us the strength that we need to see it through to the end. Father, we thank you for everything that you have done for us and what you're doing and what you promise you shall do. We love the Lord Jesus. We're just able to ask and pray. Amen.